0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, April fifteenth, twenty eighteen. What business are we in? We're in the news business. So today we've got a four-week series entitled "What Business Are We In." Uh, some of you may recognize this title. We've had some fun with it before, and. We've been in a lot of businesses over the years. We've been in the investment business. We've been in the optometry business. We've been in the uh, fishing business. We've been in the restoration business, and we've been in many others. This morning, though, we're going to be talking about being in the news business.
1: Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you so much for today. It's a day that, that you've made, and it might be raining and gray outside, but it sure does feel nice and warm in here. Thank you for the warmth of your love. Thank you that it's not an accident that either any one of us are here this morning and that you have a message intended for each one of us, whatever it is that we need to hear. Open our hearts that we might be changed and transformed By your word found in scripture. We pray this in the name of the Father, the risen Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: And so news. We're engulfed by it everywhere we look. We're bombarded with news. Old school, you know, newspapers, magazines, TV, billboards. New school, every form of social media available to us. News is everywhere all the time around the clock news programs tv and there's facebook twitter snapchat instagram you name it you know something happens to a friend you know of it in a matter of seconds something happens on the other side of the earth maybe india or australia even you you learn of it within minutes
1: my mom loved watching the news all day i mean it was on over and over and over. She could take a newspaper and make this last for like five or six hours reading every single word. She was pretty informed and up to date with everything that went on. However, there are times when we're on news overload. It's like we get so much news, we don't even know how to handle it. And in addition to that, sometimes it's all consuming these stories that go over and over and over again. Same story. I mean, just think, a couple of weeks ago, we had our local news on, and the regular programming was on hold because we had news over and over and over again about the big snowstorm over and over again.
0: Amen. Challenging that much of the news, probably even probably about 90% that we, uh, that we get from the various media is negative, it's negative. Um, just check out some headlines, these are just some na- papers from this week, I didn't specifically necessarily pull negative, these are just the ones from this week, the news journal. PETA claims UD professor cruel to lab rats for years, how do you like that one? Wilmington Hicks Center may remove its security guard, I'm, not, I'm sure that's not a good reason. Chris Coons takes on Zuckerberg, you know, the whole uh, uh, Facebook fiasco with some leakage there. Ooh, did the House candidate violate policy? This is where close to where we used to live when we were downstate. Report sites, the decades of mountain air, that's a, a poultry processor, mountain air pollution, you know, they've been dumping stuff into the water down there, over and over, and here, this is probably the what I thought was probably the most negative headline of all, very top right side of the news journal, the Penguins demolished the Flyers (laughs) 7-0 in the playoffs game one. I mean, golly day, you can't get much more negative than that, can you, Flyers fans? We came back 5-1. By the way,
1: a lot of negative out there. All right, so what does that have to do with us here this morning, right here at Connection Church, 100 West Green Street? Well, let's check out some news that we find in the Bible. Jesus told his disciples after his resurrection, just before he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of his father, this is what happened. Mark chapter 16. Later, he, Jesus, appeared to the eleven themselves as they were sitting at the table. And he upbraided them for their lack of faith, and stubbornness, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to the whole creation. The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not believe will be condemned.
0: And so Jesus is telling his followers, disciples, that they're to go into the world and share news with everyone, with the whole creation. And what news is it that they're to share? Certainly not the negative news that we hear day in and day out, the stories that for some reason appeal to us, stories that bring fear and trepidation. No, Jesus tells them to go out and share the good news. The good news, right? The good news. And then the question we ask is, so what is this good news? Well, the good news is that Jesus was crucified, died, was buried, and three days later rose from the grave. That's the good part, yeah. yeah. The good news is that Jesus took our sins with him to hell when he died. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah, offering us grace and forgiveness. The good news is that death didn't win, Jesus did. Good news, yeah, we'll give that a hand, sure. Good news is that Jesus lives, and therefore, we can live as well. Okay. Good news is that we have nothing to fear. Amen. Yeah. Nothing, especially not death, because Jesus conquered death. Amen, amen, amen. The good news is that you and I have the opportunity to live through eternity with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is believe. Amen? Amen.
1: And so Jesus gave his disciples their marching orders to go and share the good news. It was those same disciples who were on the evening of the first Easter, and, you know, gee, the grave was empty, and they were, like, wondering what in the world is going on. They were locked in a room, scared to death that they might meet the same end that Jesus did. It was those same disciples who scattered on the night that Jesus was arrested. I don't know him. It's those disciples that Jesus said, you must share the good news, the ones who he entrusted his ministry to. The incredible part about these disciples is they look a little bit like us. They look like me they look like you, unsure, nervous, maybe a little scared, human. They're human. They were human, just like us. And in our humanness, sometimes our humanness gets in the way of our kingdomness. I'm going to say that again. This is kind of important. Our humanness gets in the way Of our kingdomness. And we just can't imagine how Jesus would put the keys of the kingdom in their hands. We just can't imagine how Jesus can put the keys of the kingdom in our hands. Open up your hands. Come on, everybody do it. All right. Think about this. The keys of the kingdom are put in your hands. Yes. Yes. Jesus is entrusting the good news to be shared by us. By us. How incredible is that? Trusting us to share the good news.
0: The fifth book in the New Testament is called the book of Acts. Uh, full is the Acts of the Apostles. It, it follows the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the stories about Jesus, who he was, what he did. Actually, it's written by Luke, who wrote Luke. He also wrote Acts of the Apostles. It's kind of Luke part two. It goes from Jesus to then the disciples carrying out Jesus' ministry. The book of Acts, we're told that the resurrected Jesus gave his disciples this command. He tells them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yeah.
1: And so Jesus tells them to wait for the Holy Spirit, the gift. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit's a gift. To wait for the gift before they leave Jerusalem before they go into the world to carry out Jesus' ministry, before they go out to share the good news.
0: Mm. When, the, when the disciples and Jesus meet again, they ask Jesus when he's going to restore Israel. When, when is Israel going to be great once again? When is it going to be like it was under the King David? When is Israel going to be a, a world power, so to speak, at least in that day and time? And, and Jesus said to them this. He said... Um, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. In other words, don't worry about that stuff. Here's what I want you to worry about. Here's your assignment, not to be thinking godly, uh, what God should be doing, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses a witness, you've heard about a witness on all those uh, TV uh, trial shows, right, or those lawyers. Witnesses are those people in court who tell all the, nothing but the truth, all the truth all the time, right? They tell what, the truth according to what they've seen, what they've heard, what they know. And they're going to share the truth. So, you're going to be my truth tellers. You're going to be telling what you saw and what you heard about me. You're going to be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the... <laughs> we, we got a big job out there, don't we? We got a lot of territory to cover. After Jesus said this, wow, this is really wild. He was taken up before their very eyes. He ascended into heaven, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Wow, wow.
1: So justice promised... The Holy Spirit power did come upon them on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost. Pentecost was the Hebrew celebration of the wheat harvest, also known as the Feast of Weeks, that was held 50 days penta following the Passover feast. The Passover feast is what the disciples celebrated with Jesus um, that last supper, the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested. So 50 days following Jesus' last night with his disciples, the Holy Spirit came to them as they were gathered in one place. Check this out. Acts chapter 2, this is how scripture describes it.
0: When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place.
1: Because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own language?
0: Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about what? God's deeds of power.
1: All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, Ah, they're filled with new wine. <laughs>
0: So just as Jesus had promised, the Holy Spirit came and empowered the disciples. That must have been one wild day. Can you even imagine?
1: I would love if I could go back in time. I would love to be there that day.
0: That sound of, I can only imagine, it must have sounded like a tornado was coming through that house. And and tongues of fire resting on each of them. Mm, Incredible. And they were given the power to share the good news. And languages they'd never spoken before. I often think I wish that had come when I was in 10th grade Spanish class. That would have been so helpful, but that didn't happen. But it did on that day of Pentecost. Uh, Languages they'd never spoken before, these were common, ordinary guys, many of them fishermen, uh, uh, one who had been a tax collector. These guys were highly educated guys, regular people, And and the Holy Spirit empowers them to speak languages in order to communicate communicate clearly with all the various people who were in town for this uh, celebration. You know, three times a year there was a Hebrew celebration. They were supposed to come back to Jerusalem. And so they had people from all over, all these languages. And the people are understanding the disciples who are, as they said, Galileans, uh, native Galileans, and here they are polyglots. That means someone who can speak many languages. Here they are speaking a language they had never studied. Unbelievable. And then that last line, I love that last line from the those skeptics. Ah, they're just filled with new wine. That's <laughs> funny.
1: Well, then Peter, we've been talking about Peter. You know Peter. Peter stands up with the other disciples and raises his voice and addresses the crowd and he says men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed these are not drunk as you suppose for it is only nine o'clock in the morning.
0: We don't start drinking till 11. (laughs) (laughs) And then
1: Peter goes on To quote the prophet Joel, we read Joel in the Old Testament. It's this awesome passage that Joel talks about the days to come, how God will pour out God's spirit um, on all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. And here's the really awesome part of that um, part in Joel That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm. Check this out. This is Peter.
0: This is the same Peter who, less than two months ago, 50 days ago, on that last night with Jesus, this is the same Peter who, in the courtyard there as Jesus is getting hauled away, says not once, not twice, but three times, I don't know that guy. The Saint Peter, who along with the other disciples is holed up in a room, locked door, scared to death that they're going to meet the same fate that Jesus did, hanging on a cross to die. Wow. And so this guy now is quoting the, the prophet Joel, sharing his faith, saying, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And after quoting Joel, now it really gets interesting. This Peter goes on to share with the crowd that they, this crowd that's gathered around with the help of wicked men, they're the ones that put Jesus to death by nailing him to the cross. And then he tells them that God raised Jesus from the dead, that death could not keep its hold on Jesus. And then he shares that God had promised way back that King David, to King David that he would place one of David's descendants on David's throne, that God had raised Jesus from the dead, exalted him to the right, sit at the right hand of the Father, and then poured out through the Holy Spirit just what they were wish, witnessing here today. Whew. In no uncertain terms, Peter then shares with the crowd when he says this, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Oh!
1: Pretty gutsy Peter now. He's not pretending anymore. He doesn't know Jesus. He is right out there. And Scripture tells us that when People heard Peter sharing this, that they were cut to their heart and asked what they should do. And Peter replied in Acts chapter 2, verses 28 through 30, 20, 38 through 41. Let me get that for us. Here we go. Peter replied, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day.
0: 3,000 came to Christ that day. Can you imagine that? 3,000 people. That's what I call sharing the good news, huh? That's what I call it. The once wimpy Peter is now bold Pete, (laughs) bold and fearless holding people accountable for Jesus' death, and then in the same breath, flipping and sharing the good news of the resurrected Jesus with them. Wow. Something has happened. Something has changed to allow Peter to share the good news like this. And we know on the one hand, like we just read, the Holy Spirit's empowering him, right? He's getting power from the Holy Spirit. He's getting strength and courage from the Holy Spirit, as are the other disciples. And that's just absolutely amazing what the Holy Spirit can do. But I think there's something more. And the something more is this. Pete and the disciples saw the empty tomb. And that when they first saw it, they were still skeptical, weren't they? Remember Easter morning, they're still not sure. It's, it's, it's just not connecting but then they had some meetings with Jesus, and they ate with him, and they, and they spent time with him, and they got to speak with him and realized that this resurrection thing was real. And so they know now for a fact, in no uncertain terms, because they've seen it, they are witnesses to it. That Jesus is the risen Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the Savior of the world, the one who they have waited hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for, the one who the prophets from the Old Testament had pointed toward, had talked about, had had everybody in expectation of. Peter and the rest of the disciples now know that they have absolutely nothing to fear. Nothing to fear especially death, (laughs) especially death, their biggest fear, because death has been conquered. Death no longer has its sting. Jesus conquered death. So what is there to be afraid of? This is such good news. They cannot help but share it. They've got to share it. It's too good to keep to themselves. Have you ever had something like that? Let me hear those heads. <laughs> yeah, I think most of us have had something where it was just too good to keep to yourself, and I'm sure each of us has our own. And you know, you can just think about that. Okay, think about that, and then multiply it by a thousand. Now, oh, t- t- multiply it by a gazillion. Okay, Multi- do the calculation. A gazillion. Okay, and and now that doesn't even come close to how good this good news is and how hard it must be to keep to ourselves
1: so in every message that we do we think about how does this relate in real life you know what's the big deal about sharing the good news why is it so important and So I was thinking about that and, um, well, here's why, to me, it is so important to hear the good news, to share the good news, to know the good news. Anybody who knows me knows that family is everything to me. Love my family. Live for my, well, I live for God, but family is, is right there. And that includes not only um, Alan and the kids and the grandkids, but my siblings. I am very close to my siblings. Here's uh, I'm, I'm the oldest, and then next to me is my sister, Laura. Next to Laura is my brother, Skip. On the other side is brother, Jeff, and in the back is David. So I'm in Middletown, Laura's in New Jersey, Skip's in North Carolina, Jeff's in Rhode Island, and David's in Florida. But we are... Tight, and so a couple weeks ago, my brother Skip in North Carolina called me, and I could tell by his voice that something was up. And he shared that he has cancer of his tonsil, cancer in his throat, and um, tough words for him to say tough words to hear. And it's been a whirlwind the last couple of weeks. There's been CT scans, MRIs, PET scans, biopsies, meeting with surgeons, um, and then this past Friday with an oncologist. Skip is a man of faith. He's a man of faith and he is now leaning heavily on his faith. So as I was thinking about why tell the good news? I'm thinking, well, the good news for my brother and for our family is that God walks with us through these challenges and we don't have to live like, oh my gosh, this is, I mean, it's bad. But we can still look up and we can know that Jesus is on the throne and that we cannot be disconnected and that no matter what the challenge, that we can... Feel comfort and peace and joy. And so I called my brother yesterday afternoon and I said, hey, Skip, you know, um, we're preaching tomorrow on the good news and can I share that you have cancer and that the good news is that, and I talked a little bit about where we were going with the message, and he goes, of course, please share. And then he started talking. I wish he could be here today because he'd be bringing this sermon because I'm going to quote what he said because I just started writing it down. He said, even the bad news brings good news. Christians rally. Faith aligns. People let you know that you're not alone. Through their witness of faith, it helps me, my brother said. I think we shortchange God. We take him for granted and don't give him the props he deserves. And then he went on to say that he is certain and he's giving thanks, giving thanks that God's aligning his medical team, that things are falling right into place. God has even arranged this supernatural friendship that he had with somebody who had cancer, but little did he know that it's a guy who had the same cancer as my brother has. And so this guy said, hey, I'm going to be your coach. We're going to, you know, we'll get through this together. And the other thing that's happening, and this is because the good news was seeds were planted in his life. We grew up knowing Jesus, but it's one thing to know him, It's another thing to live it. And so he is like, okay, okay, God's with us. We're gonna get through this, and I'm gonna celebrate each and every day. And I can just see God drawing him and his family even closer in faith. That's why we need to share the good news. Because we're all gonna hit this really rough spot, and our family's been through a lot. Mom died a couple years ago, dad died last year, now Skip has cancer wow but we don't have to live with our heads down and wailing in desperation we need to be desperate for God desperate for God and God will fill our needs maybe not the way we want but God will fill our needs and so I know that Skip's going to be watching this Uh, I'm going to send him the link to this uh... hi Skip Love you. Okay, I want everybody, he wants your prayers. We, our family wants your prayers. So if you say, we're praying for you, Skip, go ahead.
0: We're praying for you, Skip.
1: All right, bro, we love you. I'll be down there when it's surgery time. Okay, so that's why we have to share the good news, so that we can live each day and face tomorrow.
0: So our question for you this morning is, how is God going to use you to a beacon, be a beacon of light in this uh, world that generally turns to dark news, <laughs> news that's not so good? What has Jesus done in your life that's too good to keep to yourself? And the real important question is, who is it that needs to hear it? Mike Skip. You know, God is writing our stories even as we're sitting here this morning sharing. Giving us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to share our good news, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to share the good news of what He's done in our life, to share the good news of the difference our lives are because Jesus is a part of them. And so, as the risen Christ has shown us, Through the resurrection, not even death can separate us from God, from God's love, from God's mercy, from God's presence in our lives, from God's uh, forgiveness, from God's grace, from God caring about us so much that He would sacrifice His one and only Son that we wouldn't die but we would live through eternity with him father son and holy spirit nothing can separate us from god's love and grace that's the good news that's the good news let's let's believe it let's live it let's pray most holy god well that uh <laughs> At Pentecost, that's some story. <laughs> that's pretty wild. <laughs> Tongues of fire, tornado-like wind, speaking languages never spoken before, all to allow us to share the good news. Wow. Lord, please empower us with your Holy Spirit that, that we might have the strength, the courage to share your good news as we know it, the good news of Jesus Christ, the, the good news Of the difference that he's made in our lives whatever that might look like please help us to be able to reach out and to let other people know that there is hope we uh, know there's hope because christ lives we ask these things in the name of the father son holy spirit all connection church said amen thank you for joining us for our podcast for more information about connection community church in middletown delaware